It's going pretty good. Busy, busy, yeah. busy. Yeah. How's you? How's your day going? Yeah, pretty good. I got a nap in today. Um, right. <laughs> I was up late last night, and I was um, I I had a meeting in like ten minutes, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a nap for five minutes. So I did. I took a nap for five minutes. Woke up. And then um, I went for, I was like, oh, I still have another five minutes. Let me sleep for four. Well, I overslept. I passed yeah. my meeting. Uh, luckily, the person I had a meeting with, uh, <laughs> they uh, needed to do something else. So they couldn't uh, have the meeting. But man, I slept okay. through my alarm. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling good though now. Yeah, sounds like you needed it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Blake. What's going on, fam? How are you guys doing? Good. Good, good. Excellent. Just talk about Brad. What's up? What's up? Talking about my uh, nap. Oh, nice. Those are important. Yeah, I didn't get enough sleep. Going back to our four habits. Hey, JT. Well, let's uh, do a little housekeeping. How about that before we get started? So quick, yeah. quick disclaimer. Um, health and wealth disclaimer um pretty much we will hey g we um know what we're talking about but we don't want you to take everything we say as financial advice please do your own homework when it comes to um any nfts that we reference in here um it's just our personal preferences and opinions and of course our trading styles in uh let's say uh, purpose of NFTs might be different than yours. So if we mention something, please do your own research and don't do it because we do it. Um, as far as health goes, we understand health from a general perspective and we can dive deep with you. Um, but always talk to your local doctor because they are more intimate and know your body better than we do. But feel free to ask your questions. And if we cannot answer it, we will tell you to please, uh, you know, ask your questions with your personal doctor because um, it's a little bit out of what we may know from your personal lifestyle. Um, so that's it. Uh, that's the disclaimer. Shout outs, Brad, Blake, really awesome this uh, last weekend. You guys nailed it. Marathon, half marathon. You did it. Uh, lots of hard work. Great job. You two, uh, kudos to you both. I can't wait to do my first marathon at some point. Thank you, man. It was, it was, it was a fun experience. It's in the book. <laughs> Another one, uh, very close in store. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't have it on the map or anything, but yeah, I would like to definitely just at this point, improve my time. Um, but you know, it went really well. It went better than I anticipated as far as not only how fast I did it, but also the recovery after it. Although I did anticipate it hurting a lot, uh, the especially the last six miles of the 26.2. Um, but, you know, I was just, it was a good race all in all, just because the Cowtown, you know, running through Fort Worth, it's a, Fort Worth is a beautiful city and they had a really good route and the community came out and was hyping everybody up throughout the whole 26 miles. And the staff there was great. And it was just a good experience all around. The weather was perfect. And uh, the people participating in it were really cool, really encouraging. So it was just a fun experience all around. I love the, the running community as a whole. So it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I had a good time as well. I did the half. Brad did the full marathon, so I'm not going to lie. It did feel good breaking off, finishing the half, knowing Bradley had another 13 to struggle through. But that was my uh, that was my first half, first time running that long, and it went well. was able to run the whole time. Like Brad said, uh, the next couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I felt sore in my legs like I've never experienced before, and I've played a lot of sports. Um, but today was the first day I was able to get on the treadmill and jog and walk for a little mile but it, it went really well and i'm hoping to do my first full marathon and with the, hopefully within the next three months i gotta get one of those under my under my belt so a couple more months of training and i should be there to get up there with brad yeah i want blake to feel the pain i went through because man those last six miles were interesting <laughs> 
to say the least. Well, like I said, hopefully I can jump out there and do one sometime. I do have something I want to pass by, actually the whole community, but I'll do that another time. Uh, One race that I truly love. It's my favorite race, Um, but we'll talk about that maybe another time. For those interested in the PO app, uh, please jump on our Discord. The link is up there. We have it up at the top. Um, And what you do is you go into our Discord, go into a channel called PO app request. And uh, just tell me POAP. And one, I will give you a personal hello when you come in after the show. And then after that, uh, I'll start uh, working on those POAPs. So uh, please do that. If you have any questions, just direct message me um, or hit me up on Discord. Um, So, yeah. So today we have a lot in store today. If you're not familiar with NFT athletic community, we're just here to help people get fit, stay fit as we move into Web3. We want to help you through your Web3 journey. But at the same time, as we start moving through Web3, we don't want to get lazy in virtual worlds and we want to keep our bodies moving and exercising. But we also want to bring you the truth about health. There's a lot of information out there. So we want to help you weed through that not only in health, but in the Web3 world. There's a lot of misinformation, but there's a lot of good information. So what's right, what's wrong? So that's what we're all about. So if that interests you, please join us on Discord. So for tonight's show, though, we are going to be talking about proteins. We're going to be talking a little bit about NFTs. And who knows, maybe we'll just pull someone out of the audience to come up and talk to us. Um, But... uh, (laughs) <laughs> no, we won't do that unless we've already talked to you. But who knows? If you raise have a question, hand, you know. Yeah, raise your hand if you have a question. At the end, we'll have a Q&A. Um, if your hand gets tired electronically, you can always put it down and you can put it back up. But <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it, guys. Uh, proteins. Let's do it. Proteins. I hear things about proteins. There's a lot of things about proteins. You actually had me post something out there about proteins and, and vegetables. What's up with that? Uh, so what, what are we talking about here? Proteins, do we, do we know everything? Why do we need to do a topic on proteins? Don't we know it all? Well, let's see. A couple of weeks ago, we did go over macronutrients. And to re- refresh, those macros were protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Um, but proteins are a very popular one. A lot of people hear protein. A lot of people know they need to consume some protein if they're trying to build some muscle. But we want to go into that later a little bit more and dive in on what uh, the benefits of protein are. And um, proteins, in my opinion, are the most important macronutrient out of the three. Uh, our bones, our, our muscles, our organs, our tissue are created from amino acids and amino acids are the building block for protein. And when you eat a protein, your body breaks those protein down into amino acids to allow us to recover, allow us to rebuild our, our organs and our tissues and keep our bones strong. And so we, we definitely need to, everybody, whether you're working out or not, needs protein. And a crazy thing is that protein, our body does not make it or store it. And so we need to get protein from an outside fuel, fuel source. And before we dive into that topic of protein, I always like to give a little bit of a, a base education on what an essential nutrient is and a non-essential nutrient is. And then we'll tap into those amino acids, the building blocks of a protein. But just to iron out those two terms, an essential nutrient is a nutrient that our body does not create itself. It's a nutrient that we need to get from an outside fuel source. So we need to consume it to bring that essential nutrient into our body. Whereas a non-essential nutrient is a nutrient that your body already creates. So when we're discussing protein, like I was just saying, your body does not make protein and it does not store it. And so we have to consume it from an outsourced fuel source. And a lot of times people just think when we're saying proteins, they think about meat and they think about eggs and they think about dairies, but also plants have proteins. There's just two different styles of proteins. There's going to be a complete protein and an incomplete protein. So we'll tap into those as well. Um, But before we dive into that, 
Brad, were you able to grab any uh, articles that you wanted to review, or do you want to just go ahead and dive into the protein topic? Yeah, I was searching through some of the articles, and I think um, I just decided that we should just probably keep it simpler and uh, talk about the benefits of protein and kind of why we should be uh, increasing our protein intake in order to to hit our fitness and health goals, as well as how we, you know, how we can implement it into our lives. Okay, cool. Right on. So let's go ahead and just get right into that protein then. So when, when we're talking about a protein, the, the protein is built up of 20 amino acids. And when you eat a protein, that protein breaks down into those amino acids and nine of those amino acids are going to be those essential amino acids and 11 of those amino acids are going to be non-essential amino acids so with what we just went over your body makes 11 of those amino acids already we don't have to go out and eat those or find a fuel source to bring those in but those nine essential amino acids we need to consume from an outside fuel source and so like we were saying, the meats and dairies and your and your poultries are going to be a complete protein. So when you consume those, your body gets that complete protein with all 20 amino acids. And then that protein cell breaks down into those amino acids. And we want to have a nice positive nitrogen pool of amino acids going through our body so that your body can take those amino acids to rebuild, let's say, that leg muscle. So if you're working out, your body has micro tears that get created in those muscles. And when you eat a protein, your body doesn't just take that protein and take it straight to the leg and rebuild the muscle. Like we were saying, it breaks down into those amino acids and those amino acids are floating throughout your body. And then your body at some point is going to decide, hey, I need to start repairing my leg muscles. And it's going to pull from your amino acid pool and rebuild that protein to rebuild that muscle or that tissue. And so let's say that you're a carnivore, you do eat meat. When we're eating those meats, you're gonna get that full amino acid profile, those 20 amino acids. And so your body has access to those. But if we're talking to somebody that's a vegetarian or a vegan, most plant-based foods that we consume are incomplete proteins. So they don't have the full 20 amino acids when you consume them. So it's important if you're a vegetarian or a vegan to make sure that you're eating uh, a very well-balanced diet of different plants. So let's say, for example, we've got your, your beans, your legumes. Those are going to be uh, some incomplete protein. And so we got to make sure that we're eating different types of plants because maybe one plant is going to have 17 of those are 20 amino acids. And then you have another plant that's going to have another 18 amino acids. But when you eat both those plants into your system, you're going to have a full profile of amino acids, all 20 floating around your body. And then your body can take those amino acids and rebuild your system. And so that's going to be a big difference where folks think that being uh, a vegetarian or vegan is, is healthy. And in my opinion, it's very, very, very healthy, but it's more challenging to do it right because you have to eat a bunch of different plants to get that full 20 amino acids inside of your body. Whereas if you're a carnivore and you're able to eat your, your eggs or you're able to eat meat and you're already consuming full 20 amino acids or a full complete protein. So it's a little easier to get your full amino acid profile by consuming your dairies and your poultries and your, your eggs and your meats. But it's, it's not necessarily more unhealthy. Again, it just really comes down to consuming your meats in moderation. You don't just want to eat red meat all day long. You're still going to want to get your vegetables and you're still going to get those other uh, macronutrients like your carbohydrates versus being a vegetarian or vegan. You really got to make sure you get a wide spectrum of different plants to get that full profile of those amino acids. Brad, do you have any more insight on that? No, yeah, I mean that that's a great explanation as to how protein really works and the difference between vegan and, and people who eat meat. And I know there's a lot of Netflix documentaries out there that kind of demonize the consumption of uh, animal proteins. And one of the one of the uh, thing 
things that people say is like not all protein is created equal. And the reason why not all protein is created equal is what, why is what Blake just described is that amino, uh, amino acid profile. So yeah, like Blake was saying, if you're a vegan and you understand your amino acid profiles, for example, like you, so like I used to be a vegan, I was a vegan or a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for one year. So I really made sure that I was eating complete protein sources through plant-based proteins by pairing my amino acid profile. So for example, if you were to consume a, a serving of rice by itself, that is not a complete protein. Therefore my must, my body won't be able to uptake the, let's say it's 10 grams of protein. My body won't be able to uptake those 10 grams. But if I were to pair it with a, uh, if I were to pair with beans, so I'm eating rice and beans, both of those together are going to create a complete protein source. Therefore, my body will be able to efficiently uptake um, that protein from those two plant-based sources. So simplifying it, yes, it's, it is better if you, if to increase your protein intake to get it from animal-based protein so you don't complicate it. And it's just a lot easier to consume a higher amount of protein through uh, animal sources. And um, we're going to explain why it's important to increase your, your protein intake. Um, like, did you want to talk about anything else before I start talking about the benefits of increasing your protein? I know a big question a lot of folks ask is, how much protein should I eat in a day? And it's recommended that you have 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. And I guess to simplify that, uh, you know, it's one kilogram uh, is going to equal 2.2 pounds. And so if we take that and break it down two pounds, it would say you're going to have 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And so if you're a 165 pound individual, that would be a recommendation of having 60 grams of protein per day if you're a sedentary human where you're not too active, you're not working out. Maybe you're just going through your day, you've got work, you've got school, but you're not exerting any extra energy. And so if you're somebody that is working out, you are being a little bit more active, it is recommended to consume a little bit more protein per gram of pound. And so again, 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight is where you're at is what's recommended if you're sedentary. But go ahead, Brad, dive in outside of that. Yeah, and what's great about protein is that you can't overdose on it. It's not like it's unhealthy if you were to increase that. So if you're eating one gram of protein per pound that you weigh, so if you're 180 pounds and you're eating 180 grams of protein, that's gonna that's the target I typically recommend to people is one gram, you know, if you're not in an obese state, right? One gram of protein per pound that you weigh. Um, so, but if I, you know, for example, me, if I'm 180 pounds and I and I start consuming 300 grams of protein per day, that is not going to be unhealthy for me. And that's what, that's one great thing about protein. Um, and one Ben, so what I'm going to do now is just talk about the benefits of protein right now that we've kind of explained what it is, but why should we increase our protein intake? Well, really most people's goals in health and fitness is to lose fat, gain muscle, right? That's the typical general population. So what's great about protein and increasing your protein intake is that it does both of those things simultaneously. And so when it comes to building muscle, well, Blake just described how it builds muscle pretty well. It breaks down protein, it then repairs your muscles and builds the muscles, right? So what's great about building muscle, not only does it look good, but you're also going to move about life easier. You're going to be able to get out of your car, you know, easier, move things you know, pick up boxes and put them over your head safely. If you fall, you're not going to get injured, right? So these are good benefits of increasing your muscle. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of a, a kind of a known thing out there is that protein builds muscle. But what's somewhat more less known is that protein is very low in calories. So one gram of protein is uh four calories, right? One gram of protein is four calories. One gram of carbs is four calories. And one gram of fat is nine calories. We talked about that two weeks ago when we were talking about macros. So in order to lose weight, we need to reduce our calorie intake. So one tactic to reduce your calorie intake 
would be to increase your protein intake because protein is also very satisfying. In other words, it's going to keep you fuller longer. So let me give you an example. It's a lot. It's, it's very challenging to eat a thousand calories of chicken breast, but it's pretty easy to eat a thousand calories of cheesecake, right? So if we're consuming more of a dense protein source throughout the day, then we're not going to be full. We're not going to be hungry and to snack on stuff at your desk or to eat the bag of chips that's in your cupboard, right? Or to eat whatever your business had, has brought you for lunch, right? If we're increasing our protein intake, we're then in effect are going to reduce our calorie intake for that day, which will get you to burn fat while also, of course, building muscle if you pair it with uh, resistance training. Right. And then, um, and that's kind of the key factor. If we just eat a bunch of protein and we don't use, utilize resistance training, then muscle protein synthesis, synthesis will not occur. And that's what we're trying to achieve is muscle protein synthesis, right? The, the process of turning the protein you're in, you're eating into muscle right now that it doesn't work unless you're working out. So you can't just eat 300 grams of protein and think you're going to achieve your goals. We need to pair this with a good workout regimen and that workout regimen, uh, utilizing, utilizing weights. Um, so the re the main reasons why you want to increase your protein intake to one gram of protein per day or per pound that you weigh one, it's low in calories Two, it keeps you fuller longer. So you're going to reduce your calorie intake through, throughout the entire day. Um, it also increases the hormones in your body to get you to burn fat as well. So those are really the, the three main reasons. But I also wanted to talk about like how are you going to implement it, this into your daily life, like practically. Because if you're trying to consume, for example, me, I'm 180 pounds. My goal is to consume 180 grams of protein per day. Um, I don't want to just like wait to consume 180 grams of protein in one serving. Because like Blake was talking about earlier, your body doesn't store protein. If you don't use the protein, you'll lose it, right? So when it comes to, uh, when it comes to carbohydrates, your body stores carbohydrates in your muscle as a glycogen. So you could use it at a later time. When it comes to fat, well, your body stores fat as fat, right? If you eat an excess amount of it at least. And then when it comes to protein, if you don't, if you don't utilize the amino acids that are in your bloodstream, they get flushed out. So protein distribution is important. So what we need to do is distribute that protein, that 180 grams of protein to about, you know, around five servings uh, per day. So that can be like your breakfast, lunch, and dinner with two protein snacks in between your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or protein snacks being like a protein shake. Because uh, your body can only really absorb and utilize around twenty to thirty grams of protein, and this is this is variable. This changes between individuals, but your body can only really actually utilize about twenty, really about twenty to forty-five grams of protein in per day, depending on the, or I'm sorry, per uh, per consumption, um, depending on the individual. So if I were to eat 100 grams of protein in one serving, my body's only going to really be able to utilize around, you know, 25 to 45 grams of that. So protein distribution is important as well as resistance training um, in order to get the benefits of consuming a higher protein diet. So in, in conclusion, in general, if your goal is to gain muscle and lose fat, eating one gram of protein per pound that you weigh is a good starting point to achieve those goals. And like Brad was saying, the awesome thing about protein is that it, it makes you fuller. It's a pretty dense macronutrient compared to your carbohydrates and your fat. And so it actually takes more energy. It, your body burns more calories processing and breaking down. Protein. Oh yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. I totally forgot about. So it fills you up, but it takes a little bit longer and it takes more energy for your body to break it down. So your plus minus on your caloric calories is going to be a little lower compared to consuming a carbohydrate where it doesn't take a lot of energy for your body to break it down. Your body can break it down really fast, really efficiently. And so 
again, consuming a protein a little bit more often throughout the day, and Bradley and I recommend every three to four hours for our clients, um, have a good protein source that you could bring in to make you feel fuller. Your body's going to burn more calories processing that protein. And then again, you're providing your body a, a constant supply of those proteins and amino acids over the course of the day. So your body can pull those amino acids to rebuild your muscle and your tissue. Because again, we can't decide when we want our body to rebuild our muscle after we've had a workout. The crazy thing is that as human beings, the only thing we can really control is what we consume, what we put in our mouth, and us pushing ourselves out in the world, us working and working out. And then from there, your body gets to decide when it takes those amino acids and utilizes them for recovery. And so protein is, is in our opinion, the most important macronutrient. And then from there, building your, your nutrition and your, your, your food consumption over the day around that protein could really help benefit you in regards to building muscle, losing fat, and uh, just living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, so it might be somewhat overwhelming when you think when you start setting goals, health and fitness wise, like where do you start? And uh, what I tell my clients is the best and easiest way to start is, you know, of course, pairing this with your your uh, workouts is to just focus on your protein intake. Right. Let's just focus on one thing. And that's getting to, you know, for me, that 180 grams of protein per day. Um, if you can, if we can just hyper focus on that and then see how our bodies react to that and then kind of go from there. But that's an excellent starting point. If you if you're wondering, like, where do I start? This is so overwhelming. Just start there and give it, you know, a solid four weeks of that and see uh, see what happens. So I have a question. So at the end of a race, they usually have bananas at the end. Why don't they have like steaks or burgers or something like that for my recovery? Yeah, so good question. So when it comes to steady state cardio, uh, so like after a race, uh, what happens is now we're talking about carbohydrates because carbohydrates is your body's preferred energy source. So I'm not going to eat a bunch of protein in order to like run faster. Um, I'm going to eat a bunch of protein in order to recover the muscles that I just broke down. But when it comes to, um, when it comes to after finishing a race, I've just depleted my glycogen storage. So like I said, in the beginning of the talk is when you eat carbohydrates, your body converts it into glucose. And if you don't utilize that glucose, it's stored as glycogen for future use. So after the race, the reason why they're handing out bananas is because you just depleted your glycogen storage and you want to get that back up so that, you know, you don't like pass out, you know, it, it, like I said, it's your body's preferred energy source. So you want to, you're going to feel more comfortable if you have some glycogen in your muscles. So yeah, that's the main reason. And, and another reason financial. is, <laughs> <laughs> and also you're, you're, you know, after coming off of a, a like steady cardio running, um, your system's pretty hot, pretty warmed up. And you want to get that carbohydrate in there because it's a fast burning macronutrient that your body can process quickly. Where if you put, you know, a steak in your body right after you're done working out, you're getting a good dense protein. And that's going to be a lot for your body to process and break down while it's also just trying to cool down and recover. And so right after that workout, you get that banana. It's going to have some potassium in there. It's going to bring some good electrolytes and those, those carbohydrates in. And then, you know, usually about an hour after that is where I would personally will consume a, a protein shake, which is going to be a fast absorbing protein supplement instead of just eating a, a steak that's going to take a while for my body to break down to that amino acid profile to allow my body to get those aminos into the bloodstream to start that recovery. Um, and that's starting to tap into a little bit of the, the conversation around, um, you know, protein shakes and those, those supplements. But good question. Awesome. Okay, so the next time we host a race, do not have steaks right away. Wait an hour. Do so. Do a do a banana, then a protein shake, and then have the feast after. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Let your body cool down. Let the blood <laughs> come back down. Just relax, and then your body can focus on digesting denser foods. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds good to me. <laughs> And what about before? Should we be consuming proteins before, before our body, you know, before we go do a workout? Should we be 
um, still focusing on that glycogen levels? It depends on, in my opinion, what time of the day you're working out. If, if I'm waking up in the morning and I'm going to go straight into the gym to get a workout in, I'm not going to want to consume a, a dense protein prior to that because I don't want to have the, the chicken breast or the eggs sitting in my stomach while I'm working out. You know, that could create some gut rot. You got food in your stomach that your body's not done digesting, and then you start working out. So your body doesn't worry about the digesting the food anymore. It's starting to worry about processing glycogen and keeping the, the system humming, your body humming. Um, but, you know, later in the day, if you're getting a workout in earlier over the course of the day, you're going to have your meals. And, you know, for us, we're eating every three to four hours. And so I'll, I'll wake up, have my breakfast. A couple hours later, I'll have a, a protein shake. A few hours later, maybe I'll have lunch that has a, a, you know, salmon or steak. And then I always like to make sure I at least have an hour, if not an hour and a half prior to consuming a denser protein um, or more of a whole food before I get my workout in. But again, if you're in that morning and you feel like you need to get a little something in you, more of a, a fast burning carbohydrate, like a banana or a little bit of oatmeal that could Bit burned and digested very quickly prior to your workout could give you a little a little bit of energy, um, and then maybe even a little protein shake. But personally, I don't I don't like to get much protein in my system prior to my workout if it's early in the morning. Um, but again, it comes down to your body needing to to process it. Uh, and so, also the not awesome thing is that if you had a good protein intake over the course of the previous day. Your, your, your body's going to have some amino acids in this system, and your body's going to be able to pull from those after your workout, but it's not going to necessarily need protein for that workout. And so I personally don't recommend getting a, a protein, a dense protein in or a protein prior to your workout. Make sure you have a little bit of time so that your body can digest it going into that workout. What about protein bars, like having those before and during or after? Should I be consuming those? Are those protein protein bars? Should I be consuming those for my protein intake? What's up with that? It depends on what your goal is. Uh, I personally believe most protein bars out there on the market are really just a candy bar with protein. And so a lot of times they're going to be high in calories from carbohydrates and fats and if our goal is to you know lose fat build muscle we want to be smart with what type of calories that we're putting into our system and how many and it could be a slippery slope if you're having too many you know protein bars a day but a protein bar is a good supplement to uh, include in your in your daily routine of just nutrition um, and a protein bar is going to be a, a faster you know it's going to be a, a, a a food that will be broken down quicker because it's really going to be, uh, you know, made with like a protein powder base, which is going to be again, that fast burning, uh, a faster burning protein compared to just having a, a slab of chicken or a slab of steak. But again, if I'm having a protein bar, I, I would wait, you know, 45 minutes before my workout versus having a steak. I'd be waiting at least an hour and a half before my workout. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Some good things to think about. I have more questions, I'm sure, in Discord <laughs> as we as we go along. And because now I'm thinking, what if I took my protein bar and dipped it in protein powder? Yeah, I could get all creative and stuff. So and you're and that's where you know you don't want to rely on supplements as your main source of protein. You don't just want to have protein shakes all day long and say, okay, I, my one protein has tw my protein shake has twenty grams of protein per serving. Brad said I need to have you know a gram of protein, and if I weigh a hundred and fifty pounds, that's two, four, six, eight, ten. That's going to be seven protein shakes. So I need to have seven protein shakes today. You don't want to just get your protein intake from a supplement. You really want to make sure that you, you get the majority of your, your macronutrients from a, a dense whole food, a real food. And then from there, you can add two protein shakes and maybe a, a, or add one protein shake and add a protein bar around your whole foods in regards to that nutrition. Um, the protein shakes are beneficial because it allows you to get, usually your protein shakes are going to have around 20 grams of protein, 25 grams of protein per serving. They won't have a lot of carbohydrates. They won't have a lot of fat. So you're getting a good surge of protein that's fast absorbing. And so it allows your body to, to get more protein in over the course of the day, because it's realistically, it is hard to eat, you know, every four hours, a dense protein, like a chicken, because you just get full. 
you get bloated because you've got a lot of mass that you're bringing into your system. And with protein, again, it takes longer for your body to break that down. And so what Bradley and I do is we'll, we'll have a good solid meal with, you know, maybe your eggs, carbohydrate and a vegetable. And then four hours later, we'll throw a protein shake in or a, maybe a protein bar because that's going to be a faster born, burning protein. It's readily more readily available versus that steak that has to be broken down and processed. And then three, four hours after that protein shake, we'll go back and have another dense meal where we're going to have that chicken breast or the eggs with, you know, your carbohydrate. And so it allows you to get a good amount of protein going through the system. But like you're kind of, you're asking some questions more on like your personal, you know, schedule. And this is where everybody's schedule is going to be different. And that's where Bradley and I recommend eating every three to four hours from when you wake up until you go to bed. And so on, you know, on Mondays are my busy days for me personally. So I wake up at three in the morning on Monday and I'm getting to bed at like 12 o'clock at night. So I'm going to have more meals over the course of that day compared to somebody that's waking up at seven in the morning and going to bed at seven at night. And that's where you got to kind of look at your schedule and go, okay, if I need to eat every like four hours and I'm going to be up for this amount of time based off my schedule, I'm going to have five meals that day. And if your goal is to get 180 grams of protein a day in, then you're going to take that 180 and divide it by five so that each of those meals has your even distribution of protein. And by the end of the day, you get the, that protein in. But like for me on a Monday, I'm up for like 13 hours. And so I'm going to have maybe eight meals because I still want to make sure every three to four hours I'm getting a good protein source in. And so I'm going to have more meals over the course of that day. So each meal is going to consist of fewer proteins because I just have more meals. And that's kind of that personal preference, but that rule of thumb really goes to, you know, every four hours, you should have a good, healthy fuel source. And the majority of those those fuel sources and food is nothing more but fuel for your body, like gas is for a car. Um, The majority of those, uh, you want to have, you know, natural whole foods, and then you could throw in a couple of supplements like that protein shake or that protein bar. Cool. All right. Anything you'd like to add, Brad, in, in regards to proteins, or have we covered covered proteins pretty well? Yeah, I think you asked some good questions. I think that's a great starting point for people to uh, to, to start um, increasing their protein intake. So if anybody in the, in the room has any questions, let us know. Yeah, just raise your hand, and we'll pull you up on when we open the floor for sure. Awesome. All right, so I guess we can move on to a little NFT talk. How about that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, earlier I know we had the clubhouse, and Angelo, you had uh, you brought some great insight on really the difference between the different type of contracts that are out there when creating a, an NFT. And I know two of the more popular ones out there, like you were mentioning, are the, the ERC721, and ERC-1155. And from what I recall, um, I know we're all V-Friends here. The V-Friends NFT is a ERC-721, but I, and I know that ERC-1155 is more of a newer NFT style, but I, I'm a little confused kind of on what's the difference between those two. And you, you laid it out great. I, I'd love to get a little more insight on that. Yeah, so in Clubhouse, uh, one of the things that I, I think in general, we talk about anything being on OpenSea sort of like an NFT. But if we start diving into our journey and really um, creating distinctions in, in what we're learning, an NFT stands for non-fungible token, which means that this token that you have, you can't there's nothing like it on the market. You, you, you can't trade it like a dollar. If you and I had a dollar, we could trade, trade that. That would be fungible. But a non-fungible token is one that is not replicated. It has no equal. There's something distinct and unique about that token. And so we generally say that tokens are um, NFTs. But when you start diving deeper into what you're actually buying, knowing contracts will help you determine, are you really getting something that's non-fungible, meaning that it's unique? And one of the ways you can do that is through the contracts. Now, there's different ways that people use contracts, uh, especially when creating through OpenSea. When you create something on OpenSea, it automatically is an ERC-1155. 
you don't get a choice of which contract it is. They automatically set you up if you create a token as an ERC-1155. However, if you look at the bigger ones like the Board Ape Yacht Club, you look at VFriends, you look at these other contracts, they are going to be ERC-721s. And there's a difference in those contracts, whereas ERC-721 is supposed to be one token. Um, and the way Gary uses it is a little bit different, but I won't go down that rabbit hole today. But essentially, an ERC-721 represents a unique token, which makes it an NFT, non-fungible. But an ERC-1155 is a different contract that allows you, it's more, let's say you're a card trader. Um, you like your Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or people are trying to create card games. You don't want to create that same, let's say, card um, over and over again as an ERC-721. It's easier to use an ERC-1155 because you can create that one token and you can create duplicates of that one token. So um, let's say I go out there and I have one token out there and it's 1155 i can actually create 10 of them instantly or 100 of them or 50 of them with an erc721 i can't do that there's a different structure in the contracts so if you're buying an erc1155 that does not mean that it's not more valuable but we as collectors need to understand that that there's a big difference between an ERC-721 and an ERC-1155. Now, how do you tell? How can you tell if something's an ERC-721 or an ERC-1155? So if you have your phone handy or you're on your laptop or whatever, if you go to OpenSea, and we can do this together, if you go to OpenSea and you click on, um, let me pull it up here, open up OpenSea here, and you put in, I don't know, put in your most favorite uh, token that you like. I'm going to put in VFriends because I'm a VFriend holder. I'm not uh, advocating for them, although I think it's a great project. Do your own research. <laughs> but uh, if you put your project in there and all the images come up, just click one of them. It doesn't matter which one on OpenSea. And then go all the way down to where it says Details. And under details, when you click that, you're going to see some information. You're going to see the contract address, token ID, and then you're going to see something that says token standard. Right next to it is going to say the contract type. And if it says an ERC-721, then most likely we are dealing with a non-fungible token. If it said 1155, you could still it could still technically be a non-fungible token, but there is a way for the contract to be turned into a fungible token. Um, and if you see ERC-20s, those are fungible tokens, uh, meaning that we can trade them because they're, they're of equal value. There's nothing that distinguishes one from the other. There's nothing unique about it. And then underneath, of course, is the blockchain, um, which some people find favor in different blockchains. But uh, today we're just going to keep it simple and leave it at an ERC-721 most likely is a non-fungible token. An ERC-1155 could potentially not be a non-fungible token. It could be a fungible token. And the one way you can tell is by looking at how many of that token. Because if you look up at right below it, um, you will see like one of 20 um, below the picture. Or somewhere on there will show... Uh, depending on your layout, will show you how many of that token they have. And then that will tell you whether it's a fungible token or non-fungible token. I hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, I'm constantly trying to jump online and see the difference between those two, but you, you explained that great. Yeah, so um, it's it's real simple. Uh, again, OpenSea, somebody creates something on OpenSea. You'll even see it right there. Uh, they'll tell you who who created it. Um, the token IDs will be very long and everything. But uh, yeah, it's one thing that we, we, we just kind of talk about anything that we hold in our, in our wallets as 
fungible, uh, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, but really what it comes down to is, is there something like it out there? If there is, we can technically exchange it for the same uh, amount of money. They would be no different than trading dollars. Now, another question. Uh, I know you haven't, in the P athletic community, hasn't come out with a, a, a token yet or a project, but if you were to, you know, when you create one in the future, would you lean more towards doing the 721 or 1155? Yeah, so all our tokens right now for registration for our monthly events are, they used to be ERC-1155s. Now they are ERC-721s. Um, although we are still using them in a fungible way, meaning that even though, and this is no different than POAP. If you were to go look at a POAP, uh, all the POAPs that we're going to get tonight, if you were to go on the XDAI network, which is the blockchain that they um, host the POAP, POAPs on, you'll see that each token is an ERC-721. But since you are getting the same ones, we are all getting the same token. Technically speaking, those are fungible tokens. They're not NFTs. We just, as a general public, call it uh, NFTs for simplicity. But... Um, but if if you had that token and I had that token, we could switch them. Then, um, uh, you know, that makes them fungible. Whereas, and that's the same with our registration tokens. Everybody gets the same token, and um, because of that, uh, technically they're they're fungible. Non, they're not non fungible. Um, the metadata, though, however, is different, and that's that's a different story, maybe for a different time. But speaking of POAPs, we do want to give a big shout out to Vero, who's in this, uh, in down there as a listener. I say down there, but with us here as a listener, I'm looking down at my phone right now, and I see her down there. Uh, but if you all could give her like a hundred or a high five for the beautiful artwork that she creates for us, uh, really thank you so much, Vero, for what you've been. Uh, given us and actually talking speaking of which we have uh we're going to be revealing soon our march event which is going to be uh featuring vero's artwork for that as well so really beautiful art can't wait to reveal that to you all probably by tomorrow if not tonight um, we'll reveal the theme and the artwork that vero created for our march event and how can we get that poet uh, so the POAP for tonight is uh, just go, there's up at the top, you can see our link to Discord. It's a, It says uh, sometimes your fitness journey there. Uh, if you click on that, that will take you to our Discord. There's a link there. And when you go in the Discord, just find the channel that says POAP request and just type POAP. Once you type po POAP, I'll jump in onto Discord after this and... Um, say hi to you for joining us and then also uh, start working on those poll apps for you. Right on. Do we want to open up the room now for others to jump on real quick? Yeah, let's open it up for some Q&A. Yeah. Anybody have a question, feel free to raise those hands. It doesn't have to be, it could be anything that we talked about tonight or if you have a personal question in your fitness journey, it doesn't matter. Just let us know and we're here to answer those questions till then. Um, let's see what's going on in NFT athletic community. Oh, for those POAP, we are now switching our EDE exercise to earn. Those are now going to be on Polygon. We are not uh, able to use POAP anymore for that project. So we are going to be um, creating um tokens on the polygon blockchain for those events now and i sh should we give a little sneak peek on what we're going to be doing for vcon we're going to be opening it up a little bit yeah so we're not just going to do so our plan is to do a social event for the community for those who are going to vcon in minneapolis on may um, so we're going to do a social event for those who are part of the community. And 
we'll talk about that a little bit more later on as we get closer to the event. And we were thinking of doing a 5K, but we're going to open it up to not only a 5K, but a one mile. So you'll get to choose between doing a one mile or a 5K walk or run when we're out there at VCon. Um, so we're, we're extending that. And I also announced on Clubhouse, which I'll announce here, that uh, if you feel overwhelmed doing in a mile or a 5K, come into our Discord if you're going to show up to uh, VCon, and we will coach you personally to get to that distance. So when you show up at VCon, you'll feel confident that you can at least do the mile. I mean, we want to make sure everybody's safe and not rushing to do a 5K by VCon, but we'll at least get you up to a mile, if not the 5K by VCon day. So uh, jump in on that and we'll start start you on your journey on doing either your first or getting you back into shape to doing a mile or a 5k. Yeah, I know Angelo's a, a good running coach from what I heard you, you did a little running back in the college days and Bradley and I, this last year, we've applied uh, a lot of that to our personal experiences with going up to and training for a marathon. So we we're all here to help. Um, but yeah, Angelo, we're definitely the man with the plan. <laughs> yeah I love coaching I love coaching I just had uh my uh one of my um athletes do a time trial last week and she crushed her uh 10k by two minutes uh within this year wow. so that was really exciting um we're aiming for a really good PR for her in the half marathon this year um breaking some new records for her so it's always exciting to watch people uh, just so many journeys, the web three journey we're on here, um, you know, our personal journeys and just helping people on their journey to accomplish their goals is just super fun. Yeah. It's cool to see people really, uh, set a goal and then apply the proper training and proper nutrition, proper recovery and watch them crush those goals. And really, I know I experienced it this weekend, really start, you know, believing in yourself and what you know our bodies can do and what they're capable of when you really focus on kind of all those areas of just living a healthy lifestyle and having that community has really helped me um, stay consistent and and stay focused on on those goals and and you know working within a athletic community has been a lot of fun just watching folks come in and learn about wet three learn about nutrition and, and start applying and teaching you know their friends and family and inspiring others to kind of just become better individuals in all areas of their lives. Yeah, I think that's uh, really important. We, we talk a lot about health and fitness and everything, um, but we are here to help people through the Web3 experience. And everything that we offer in NFT athletic community, there's a free version. So you don't have to worry about, you know, getting things, in, you know, moving funds from your bank to Coinbase to MetaMask. Um, everything that we do to get people started, there's always a free version just to help people get started in Web3. And that's a big part of what we want to do is educate people and help them on this journey and not have to worry about the funds. And, you know, once you get your feet wet and you understand how to get a POAP, get your first airdrop and things like that, then you can start exploring and talking with the community and then worry about moving funds over so you can buy a board ape or a V friend or your favorite project out there that you're exploring. But we try to make it safe and simple for those beginners uh, right off the bat and not have to worry about, Oh, what if I made a mistake? Well, worst, worst case scenario, they took your PO app. They didn't take your Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, um, yeah. What about, um, coming up you just finished um your six-week program is that all done now at your facility i'm curious because you're going to yeah. start a new round right we just started our, our second six-week challenge of the year this week so folks are in their let's see today's wednesday so it's their third day everybody's sore 
everybody's getting used to the nutrition, everybody's detoxing, but they're doing it together. So they're still showing up. Um, but yeah, we end a week one on Monday and that's always a fun day of seeing how that, that first week went. And, you know, a lot of times folks get their best results the first week um, when you start making changes to those habits. But yeah, we're, we're cruising with our second one. Awesome. So that, that's an interesting topic there because a lot of people, when they start losing weight, I find when they start a new regimen, right away they lose the weight the first week or whatever then the body sort of like plays games with you it's almost like it's like trying to challenge you like do you really want this um how how do you for for all of us that start the journey how do we get over that hump of okay should we just expect that the first week will most likely generate better results um than the following weeks or um how do, how do we get through that, that barrier of seeing results and then expecting those same results or more the following week? In There's week two things. Week. A good question. There's two things I break down with that. And we always tell this to the folks prior to them coming into the program. That first week, you're going to lose some water weight. That's the, where you get a lot of your weight loss. Um, your body releases just excess water that's holding on to. But when it comes to weight loss, it's, it's accumulative. It's not linear. And as human beings, we think linearly. We think if I lose five pounds this week, I'll do the exact same thing next week, and I should lose another five pounds. But as we all know, that's not how it works. And so we, we coach our, our clients to weigh yourself once a week because it takes a week to get an accurate reading to see if you're consistently losing weight or consistently gaining weight. But we always want you to just stay motivated, focused, and positive for a uh, a duration of time. So in our example, we do six weeks and we tell folks, Hey, we know we can naturally, you know, get 20 pounds off of our body over the course of five to six weeks. If you're super, super disciplined with the nutrition and the workouts and the sleep and recovery. And so from there, the scale is going to go up, down, left and right daily. You can eat broccoli and drink water all day long and jump on the scale and gain a pound. And you just can't let that deter you. You can't let that upset you. Because again, that weight loss is accumulative. As long as you're consistent with what you're consuming, you get your good sleep, and you go ahead and get a good workout in, your body will release that weight. It's just going to be a little bit all over the place. And the scale is nothing more but an instrument that we invented as human beings that really just tells us our gravitational pull to Earth. If I step on that scale on Earth, I weigh 175 pounds. If I take that scale and I put it on the moon and I step on it, I weigh three pounds. But what I made up out of on the inside hasn't changed. And that's kind of that next level of thought process we want folks to have when you're thinking of, am I healthy? Am I losing the right weight? Is not just what does the number say on the scale, but what are you made up out of on the inside as a human being? You know, that's your body composition. And we're made up out of bones, muscles, organ tissue, water, and fat. And you don't want to lose your muscles. You know, I could cut your arm off and you'll lose weight on the scale, but that's not healthy weight loss. We don't want to lose our bones. We don't want to lose water weight. We don't want to lose our organs or tissue. We want to focus on losing that fat. And the closer you get to a healthy weight, the harder it is to lose the right weight, the weight that we want to lose, the fat, because fat's just not on the outside of the body. It's also deep in the muscles and deep in the organs. And again, it's harder to lose the right weight and get that weight out of the body as you get closer to a healthy body composition. And so you just, you know, we tell folks to stay motivated, focused, and positive over the course of the six weeks or six months, however long your goal is. And it's okay if you don't lose 20 pounds in six weeks. You know, if you lose 20 pounds in six months, that's great because you're going the right way and you're getting healthier and just enjoy the process. So we really just don't want folks to get, uh, mind screwed with the number on the scale and just stay positive. And if you're, like I said earlier, the only thing we can control is what we eat and how hard we push ourselves out there in the fitness center and then getting our rest. If you are good on those aspects, the results will come. Awesome. So you hear that all just do those four. If you missed it, I, we have it on uh, Spotify under NFT athletic community. You can hit a replay of the four healthy habits to start off your year for 2022. So do those habits and uh, you should uh, see good results if you stay consistent. I think that's uh, what, what we're trying to say here tonight, which is really cool. So we unfortunately, we've hit the one hour. Um, so if you want to go chill out with us in Discord and ask more questions, please join us there. The link, um, hit the 
the uh, thing up at the top there, the link. And then I think there's a link inside that that will take you to Discord. And to get that PO app, uh, just go into the channel that says uh, PO app request, type PO app, and then I'll uh, hand that out to you. And then we'll be doing this again in two weeks. So, but every week, uh, come join us on Clubhouse. It's fun. Um, that's at noon Eastern time every Wednesday on Clubhouse. And every other Wednesday, we do this show for different topics, health, fitness topics. So um, that's 9 p.m. Eastern. Other than that, uh, I hope you all have a good night. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, uh, Blake, for joining tonight. Thank you, everybody who helped put this together. So let's, uh, anything to add, Blake and Brad, before we sign out? No, you're awesome, Angelo. This has been fun. This is great. Please reach out, guys. Like Angelo was saying, we're not here charging anybody for anything, not training, not anything. Just come in, hang out. If you got questions on any aspect of it, we'd love to help you. So true. Yeah, thanks for joining. Yeah, that was fun. See us on uh, see us at the Discord. Awesome. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.